Well, pack a fat one and sit back and enjoy, folks. It's time for .NET Rocks, the Internet audio talk show for .NET developers. As always, in New London, Connecticut, I'm your host, Carl Franklin. And as always, my partner in crime from down south, y'all, Mark Dunn. How you doing, Mr. Dunn? Woohoo, Carl, man. I am doing great. I'm glad to be in Atlanta tonight, I'll tell you what. Why not? That's right. I'm usually on the road, so it's nice to be home this week. So yet another tornado session down there, you're, I hear. Yeah, that's right. My kids just came downstairs to tell me there were tornado warnings. So, you know, if I'm suddenly off the air, you'll know why. Oh, man. So what have you been doing this week? What's new? Uh, this week I have been maxing and relaxing at home, just getting caught up on some uh, work. And I'm back on the road again next week teaching classes. Very good. Well, Mark, I, uh, I found some news crossing my inbox this week that Microsoft released VisualStudio.net uh, and Office Development Tools. Hey, that's good news for those VBA guys out there, right? Yeah, Visual Studio for Office, it's called. And uh, that was just June 9th. So uh, apparently, according to their website, which is at msdn.microsoft.com slash vstudio slash office, uh, these are tools that will provide developers in one box the tools and technologies they need to build the next generation of solutions for the Microsoft Office system. Cool. Apparently we're talking about VBA or something. I don't know too much about it. Let me, uh, let me take a look here. It says Microsoft Visual Studio tools for the Microsoft Office system brings the power and productivity of Visual Studio Net and the .NET framework to business solutions built on Microsoft Office, Word 2003, and Excel 2003. With this technology, developers using VSNet 2003 can use... Uh, VisualBasic.net and VisualCSharp.net to write code behind Word and Excel-based applications. So apparently, hey, that's getting them out of the uh, the interop. Getting them out of the interop and out of the VBA quagmire. So I guess what that means is that your average script developer is going to have to uh, step up to the programming plate a little bit more. Yeah, that's right. They'll have to learn about inheritance and polymorphism and all, all that those stuff. fun things that give us heartburn. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Check it out. We'll give you a link on the show. So, um, so, so the tornadoes haven't hit down yet. They're not no, a cloud. The editor's going to have fun with a uh, bunch of thunder claps in the background. <laughs> well, at least they'll be better than crickets, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I don't know. We can tell a joke later. I'm sure we can get some crickets going. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, uh, our guest tonight, Mark, and I know you're as excited as I am. I am always excited, Carl. You're an excitable person. Absolutely. I'm an excitable boy. We have on the line um, four people from the INETA organization, which is the International .NET Association. And I'm going to let them tell you exactly what INETA does. Uh, but let me introduce them first of all. So uh, starting with Bill Evian. Bill Evian is the executive director of, and uh, one of the founding members of INETA and a strong advocate of community learning. He's also president of the St. Louis uh, .NET user group, which he founded in 2000. And that's become one of the largest .NET user groups in the country due to the region's explosive interest in .NET. Uh, he's also an author and speaker uh, on .NET and related technologies and has a lot of uh, technical credits uh, as far as books that he's written, and we'll let him talk to you about that. Also on the phone is Brian Lozgen who co-leads the San Diego.NET user group and leads the web services SIG of the San Diego Software Industry Council. Brian is a strong believer in the value and importance of user groups in the developer community and has served on the boards of two other prominent software developer user groups, including the one he founded. He's an independent contractor based in San Diego and has a broad range of experience in advanced distributed enterprise and mobile solutions. He's co-authored several XML and .NET web services related books and has written lots of technical white papers as well. Uh, also on the phone is Julie Lerman, and she is the founder of the Vermont.NET Users Group and a member of the User Group Relations Committee of INETA and in charge of the monthly newsletter for the INETA User Group leaders. Uh, Julie has been developing software applications and consulting to businesses for 18 years. She has been an independent contractor for the past 13 years, and uh, she joins us from Vermont tonight. Also on the phone is Jose Barrios, and he is the co-founder of the Miami, Florida .NET user group and a frequent speaker. 
He's a member of the User Group Relations Committee also and director of Ineta Latin America. Jose is the founder and CEO of InfoSoft, a software development and consulting firm in Miami. Welcome, people. Hello. Hi. Thank you. Hello. Hi. Where are we all from tonight? Jose, you're, from, you're calling from Miami? That is correct. And Brian, you're calling from San Diego? San Diego. All right. Bill, you're calling from St. Louis. Louis. And Julie, you're calling from Vermont. Yep, over on the East Coast with you guys. And Mark, of course, is in Atlanta, so, you know, we have uh, quite, a, quite a group here. Yeah, we've got the, uh, pretty much the U.S. covered here, don't we? Pretty much. So that's what INETA is all about, right? A, a worldwide support group for user groups, is it not, Bill? Yes, that is exactly what it's about. Um, INETA is uh, completely focused on supporting user groups around the world, irregardless of their locale or their size. So. Uh, how did INETA get started? Well, it's, it's it's interesting. I mean, user groups are nothing new. So, I mean, people have been gathering around the world because of, you know, a collective interest for a long time. Um, it's the same in technology. Um, but user group kind of died down for quite a while, and it took, a, you know, pretty outstanding technology to come along. And once .NET came out, what we saw around the country was .NET user groups started popping up all over the country. Yeah, I remember they sort of morphed from their Visual Basic and C++ user groups into .NET user groups? You would think so, but what happened actually was, in a lot of places, there was less morphing and more just new groups starting. And then they, wow. the older groups kind of joined in either later or the old groups are still running, you know. Huh. <laughs> so, and that's why some cities, you know, I think it was Dallas has five .NET user groups. Well, Bill, how many groups are there that you manage? Ineta supports uh, more than 315 groups. Wow. And so we have, with those collective groups, more than 94,000 members that we actually touch and support. Which one, which user group is the remotest from the United States? The remotest. Um, Actually, yeah, that's easy. Um, One of our first, we had about uh, 40 groups that joined us originally, and this was one of the groups that joined us originally. It was one of the first .NET user groups uh, in the world as well, and that was... uh, um, Jason Solis's group in uh, Guam. Guam, wow. Guam, he has eight eight members in his user group, and uh, they meet once a month and uh, talk about .NET in Guam. So, wow, that's one fantastic. The, one of the places our speakers would love to go. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, I'd like to go to Guam. Yeah. Why not? Well, the the thing is with the the user groups is there's a lot of different ways people want to learn you know, learn technology. So some people like read books. Some people like to just, you know, hash out code on their computer and will learn it by trial and error. Some people pay for formal instruction. Um, and some people like to go and get amongst their peers and, and learn in a group kind of scenario and learn best practices that way. And that's what user groups are really about. It's about people who have this common interest and get together and have a lot of fun and talk tech. So what are the kind of things that uh, you do. Let me ask Brian this. What are the kinds of programs and services that you offer user groups uh, that they can benefit from? Well, first and foremost, the biggest thing that we offer is probably our Speakers Bureau, which right now in North America alone, we've grown to about 40 of the top names in the industry. Uh, and what Ineta does is we pay to send these people to, out to a user group. We pick up all their t- travel and accommodation expenses we airlift them into a, a user group, and it could be a remote user group in a very small town, secondary market type town. And we put them there, and we pay for pizza, we pay for soda, the whole deal. Huh. And this is a, at, at no cost, no obligation, nothing to the user group themselves. So this, as I'm sure you can imagine, is of tremendous value to them. Yeah, that's a great deal. Now I know I'm because I'm on the speaker bureau myself, but I'm trying to make it interesting for the listener. What? Uh, who are some of the names of speakers that are on the on the speakers bureau that that frequent these user groups? I don't know. I think there's some guy named Carl Franklin. I think. Uh, I'm okay. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty good. His reviews are all right. We've gotten a few complaints <laughs> about him. Yeah, uh, we're well, yeah, but we're going to give him a second chance. We're going to keep him for a while. Okay. Uh, other people, we've got a lot of the notables like Jeff Procise, um, G. Andrew Guthy, Ken Getz, um Paul Sheriff. I mean, the, the list just goes on and on. I'm looking at the upcoming speaker engagements at Ineta.org. You have 
uh, Billy Hollis, Brent Rector, Ken Getz, Rocky Latka, Stephen Walther, Juval Lowy, Michelle LaRue, Deborah Carrada, uh, Aaron Sconard. Yeah, those are, uh, those are names that we know. And, yep. the, you know, the purpose of that is we want the best .NET presenters in the world to be on our Ionetta Speakers Bureau because the whole point of the Speakers Bureau is they go out to a user group and the user group gets somebody they would never, you know, really get in a million years. Let's say if you're in Toledo um, and you get Carl Franklin to fly out and speak to you, that's, that's kind of something that wouldn't happen without our, our help and assistance. And they get their attendance doubled, they get their membership doubled, they get a lot of focus on their user group. It does wonderful things. That's good. That's great. To give you an idea of the kind of scale that we're talking about here, we're projecting approximately 140 or so of these speaking engagements this year for North America alone. Wow. And this is something that we're replicating in other geographies, too. But Brian can address it. It's, only, it's not only about the Speakers Bureau, so we do quite a bit more. Are you doing anything in Europe right now? In, in terms of Speakers Bureau or in terms of just programs in general? Uh, in terms of speakers. Yeah, Bill, do you want to speak to that or you want me? Well, actually, INETA is, the first word in INETA is international. Um, and we did, when we start, focus completely on the United States and Canada. Um, and we go, hey, we've got Canada, so we're international. But actually, we've changed um, and expanded quite a bit internationally over time. We went to Europe first. Um, and, and Christian Nagel out in Europe leads INETA Europe. Um, and we've started with a number of groups out there. We've also started in Asia Pacific with Mitch Denny, um, leading a lot out there. We have, um, INETA user groups in India and in Pakistan, um, all over the world. And, and the, one of the, the biggest actually and, and most progressive of our international groups is led by, uh, one of the guys on the phone with us, Jose. And, uh, he leads INETA LATAM for us. So, Jose, that puts a spotlight on you here. What, uh, what has your experience been in Latin America with, with .NET in general and, and with uh, the .NET user group? Actually, it's been uh, very interesting. You know, I, I'm very fortunate because I'm one of the, the last comers uh, on the international scene, and uh, right now we're at the forefront. And I think it's a, uh, something attributable to the Latin American community. Uh, basically, the... Uh, they, what I feel is that they're all like sponges, and they're really ready to soak up .NET, and it's like they've been waiting for something like this to come all along for a long time, so it, it has made my job a lot easier and even more exciting, and, uh, and therefore explosive growth. I mean, right now, in the past five months, we have signed up close to 40 groups, and uh, we have about another 60 lined up uh, here in the next two months. So... Uh, the, uh, it's, it's really incredible finding the, the number of .NET developers that are available in Latin America and the quality of them as well. Uh, it's just marvelous. We just had a conversation with uh, Jorge Oblitas from Peru, and he was uh, telling us about the, the great uh, community that's going on there in .NET. I guess it's, you know, it's, it's easy for us to uh, sort of not think about other countries here in America, but there really is a lot of .NET development going on all over the world, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. The main difference about Latin America is that, you know, it's very interesting because I go down there and they ask me, uh, well, how do we, you know, how are we viewed internationally? I go, well, south of Mexico, basically, you guys don't exist. And, you know, <laughs> it's unfortunate. But what happens is that due to, to the way in which they work down there, they end up having to uh, do a lot of innovation. So what, it's very exciting to go to the, some of these user groups where they meet in remote areas and they normally, their smallest groups are, would meet would have 200 members meeting and when they get together in mass they have between 12 and 1400 people and it's just completely wow. exciting seeing all these developers together and the quality of the knowledge and how they engineer and, and, and through ingenuity they they make things go even though they don't have all the the resources available yeah um, for, you know for example you were mentioning Jorge Oblitas in Peru uh Peru has really opened my eyes up that's one of the first place I visited, and uh, they really have an exciting community there that, that was just waiting for, for people to come along, so they have really embraced Tainetta, not only at the local user group uh, level, but also at the academia level. We have a, a humongous numbers of our university groups. So the academic world in Latin America is, is really pushing .NET, is what you're saying? Yes, what happens is in, in, Latin, in uh, the Latin countries, 
they have to fight twice as hard to compete with the image of uh, of the fact that they're they're down there. So the uh, a lot of people are usually more scholared. Um, the uh, they tend to have higher degrees, and so there's the universities. There's a lot of them. They're really full. Also, the thing to keep in mind is that when we're talking about Latin America, we're not talking about one country. We're talking about sure. over 30 countries. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so uh, what is the what is the job market look like for .NET developers down there? Are the are the schools still teaching Java a lot as well, or what's the yeah, situation there? I think there is a, a wide mix of uh, technologies down there. Uh, Linux has a good hold, as well as some older technologies uh, like COBOL and, and Foxboro. Uh, but .NET is really taking like wildfire and spreading everywhere, and uh, people are adopting it. Also, there's a lot of uh, mobile-type uh, applications being developed on there. Wow, that's great news. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, what are some of the customers that you've worked with and the industries that you've worked with that you see blossoming down in, uh, in well, in Latin America in general? Uh, you mean customer in specific or industries? Uh, industries is what I'm mostly interested in. Sure. Well, I, I see uh, the, the, mo the mobile community down there and uh, really growing rapidly. I know, for example, that the number of uh, mobile .NET developers in Latin America is three times the number in the U.S. Wow. So uh, it's really grown by leaps and bounds. The, uh, the, the problems down there, obviously, is the devalue of, the, of their uh, money, the dollars. Uh, they make their, the resources down there a lot, lot cheaper. So you have some uh, nearshore and offshore type of engagements happening. Um, but... The uh, the actual job market is is affected a lot. It's, it's not as good as uh, in other regions, uh, but they do get by. What uh, you mentioned, mobile devices are are very hot down there. Is it is it because that there's more places for them to be useful, or is it because the the you know the infrastructure of internet technology and, and network technology lends itself to mobile uh, bandwidth, or what what do you attribute that to? In my opinion, to? it's the same thing as Europe. Europe is the number one in the world. Uh, together with Japan in mobile type applications, and a lot of it has to do with the culture and the geography. The you know when you go to a lot of these places, the geography kind of kind of lends itself to mobile type applications. How so? The, you know, for example, in the U.S., we have a much more stronger uh, wire infrastructure. Therefore, we tend we tend to rely less on wireless. I see. So not as many closer together. Uh, cities and things like that, everything spread out more, is what you're saying? Correct. Or? And then you have cities where they were built uh, over a thousand years ago, and you know, so it's, they don't necessarily have the infrastructure. I see. Right. So you're, you're uh, looking at applications that, uh, that are really targeting users to deliver data to them with some sort of mobile device. I, I usually think about uh, most mobile applications here in the U.S., are things that are industrial. You know, you're going out in a warehouse collecting data. You're, uh, you've got some guy going to collect a meter reading or something uh, with a mobile device. But these are, are very different apps, I guess, aren't they? Sure. And then you have some of that going on as well. And, but, but I, and that's just one of the things going on down there. The, uh, the, the reality is that the quality of the developers down there is just as good as here. Um, they just happen to, to speak, to have a, a different language as their primary language. So um, they do have huge markets with a lot of uh, industries. The uh, and, and there's none any particular that I can pinpoint that's been the uh, highest growth. Uh, but I see, like for example, petrochemical industry sort of growing. Uh, the manufacturing industry definitely. There's a lot of manufacturing going on in Central America and South America. What is your um, .NET user group like? Uh, how many people are in it? In our user group in uh, in Miami. Uh, it's kind of rough the, uh, in our geography down here. The, uh, to get from one end of the town to the other, uh, it can take you up, upwards of an hour and a half uh, wow. in traffic time. So we have been playing around with different locations, but uh, we can get anywhere from 50 to, to 100 people. And when we have a big event, we can pile in 150 or so. Very cool. An hour and a half to get across town, that's like getting across all of Vermont. Well, well now let's hear from Julie. <laughs> How are you, Julie? Hey, Carl. Hi, Mark. Hi. Doing all right. Still a little cold here, though. Yeah, it is. Not summer yet. True. We're actually very close here, and well, in terms of geography, relative to the other people, 
you're only, you know, four or five hours away from me, whereas, you know, Mark would be a good drive, 12 or so. <laughs> yeah, I better fly if I go to Vermont. <laughs> we have an airport. It's even called an international airport, so it's made it easy for the speakers to come in. Some of them are surprised. <laughs> is that just what it's called, or is it really an international airport? Well, maybe the international, like Ineta started out as international with flights in from Canada or something. Yeah. So what's the vibe in Vermont? Um, there's a lot more going on here than I think a lot of people would know. And it's funny because listening to Jose reminds me of how interesting it is for me to hear about what's going on in Latin America because that is a surprise to me. We always hear, you know, what goes on in the news. Um, people right. look at Vermont and... You know, they think we're all farming or hippies or whatever. And, you know, we have T1 lines. We have, all you know, cable. And in, in Burlington, actually, there's all kinds of um, high-tech companies, big businesses. You have cheese. I mean, cheese, you know. But we've also got some really cool and big companies like Ben & Jerry's, um, yeah. Snowboards, um, you know, companies like that. So it's cool. That's the vibe in Vermont is it's cool. And Vermont is very cool. <laughs> I hear the skiing's good up there. Is that right? It wasn't this past year. I think you guys had more snow in Atlanta than we did here. <laughs> Certainly more tornadoes. Northern Vermont. <laughs> we so, got uh, Chris Kinsman, who was on the United Speakers Bureau, actually. He was here in October uh, to speak yeah. to our user group at leaf peeping time. And he actually said, hey, can I come back in March, go skiing? So we got to get him to come back in March. Great. I think it was on his ticket, too. He just wanted to come. From Redmond, he lives all the way in Seattle. Wow! Uh, since you've got you know some industry names coming to speak, have you seen uh, dramatic growth in the user group Absolutely. due to that? Absolutely, absolutely, it was incredible. As a matter of fact, it started in October with Chris. We started the user group in February of 2002, and we were averaging about 15 people at a meeting, or as I'm I'm known to say, butts and chairs. Right. And um, <laughs> when Chris came first, we had about 40 people. And we, you know, had been sliding up to maybe about 20 at a meeting. We had 40 people, but what was cool about that meeting was a lot of people who had never come to meetings before were exposed to the user group and went, wow, we had no idea that this was going on here. They said, you know, wow. There were so many people with this kind of information, et cetera. And the pizza, I mean... You know, it's not all about the pizza, but sometimes when, uh, you know, you're looking for somebody to pay for it, it feels like it's yeah. all about the pizza. But ever, after um, after Chris was here, then the user group, really, people started joining, and people got really engaged and really excited about what was going on. And um, so, you've, you know, I got that, finally got a real core of maybe about 15 people there at every single meeting, no matter what, plus the really... Uh, excited about the user group and doing a lot of things. We just had um, Ken Getz come in April. There were 48 people there. I mean, this is Vermont, not Boston. That's a lot. That's a huge amount. And we had yeah. 47 people two nights ago. We had, um, it was kind of a funky meeting. A lot of things were going on. Um, but we had Keith Please and Tom Robbins, who's from the Microsoft New England office. And there was 47 people there. But not only wow. did we have pizza, we had cake. So, you know, that could hey. have something to do with it. And Ben wow, and Jerry's, I'm that's sure. That's exciting. Yeah. Hey, I've got to ask you, uh, if, you're, you know, if you're an average guy out there listening to the show and you, you've never been to a user group meeting, uh, what would you say are some of the benefits, aside from hearing a great speaker, uh, to being a member of a user group? Oh, you can have a social life. <laughs> That's important. Actually. How many how many computer people have other computer people to talk about? My husband's a carpenter. I'm like, he comes home like, honey, you know, I solved this problem today. It was really cool. You had no idea what it was like, and I feel so smart. And he just he doesn't get it, you know. Yeah. And it's great to have other people who have the same interest and and are excited, or you know, or the same things make them crazy. And I've actually become a lot of us have become friends. You know, it's more than just going to the meeting and hearing the speaker and getting some free pizza and then going home. We've, um, yeah, this, we, is, you know, this is not like tech. Is, so. <laughs> yeah, if you're a consultant, it's a great place to network, too. I see a lot of that going on at various user groups. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, for me, it's funny. I'm, I'm not looking for – I'm in a really nice position as a contractor, and I'm not looking for work. But I like to network people. I love putting people together. So that's really a lot of fun. I've actually helped people – 
um, you know, companies, everybody comes to me now. get a headache from you You make my eyes damn damn you I can't break away from you just yet You taste like a barn on fire Fulfilling no desire Like someone I wish I never That brings me to this question. You and Jose are both on the uh, the user group relations committee. What is that? What does that job entail? I mean, does that just mean like you're you're answering the email from all the user group leaders and sending out memos to them and and communicating with them? And what does that entail typically? Jose, do you want to answer that? Do you want me to? Sure. Answer? I mean, typically we ask for bribes in order to approve them. <laughs> <laughs> pizza. It's always pizza, though. Well, for me, I usually ask for alcohol. <laughs> you and Jorge, man. <laughs> oh, oh my God, Jorge! He brought that. What was Pisco. it? Pisco. The Pisco sour. Oh, he oh, brought awesome. some pretty good stuff to tack in. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Ex- <laughs> to I'm the party. I'm upset because nobody actually got it to me, which is why he brought it. He couldn't find Todd to give it to him. We're talking about a tech ad. He. Well, uh, I think that was gone by the end of the RD. Yeah. So that um, the user group relations committee is actually growing and growing. What we do is. We are basically the, the main point of contact between user group leaders and INETA. So they have a, somebody that they can have a relationship with, and they just really know who to contact if they have any questions, et cetera. Um, also, when user groups apply to become members of INETA, um, somebody on the user group relations committee will you know, check it out, see if it's really a user group, make sure it's not somebody who you know, just wanted to um, have Billy Hollis come to his house for dinner for free one night. <laughs> um, so, we, you know, we, we check them out. Sometimes they're established user groups. They've got a website, and it's really easy to see that, yeah, they're really a .NET-focused user group, and they're around, and they're having monthly meetings. Now, Keith, Sometimes they're user groups or people who are interested in starting up a user group. So with those, we may not um, make them an INETA member right away, but we kind of try to help them through the process of starting a user group. But we don't totally handhold them because um, you've got to make sure it's somebody who's got that passion. You know, if we right. just say, "Here's a user group," um, and they're not into it, it'll be gone. It'll be gone real fast. Now, I heard a story from Keith. Uh, Keith, please, down at uh, Dev Connections in New Orleans, that there was a, a group that he went to with Paul and did something. And I'm not going to say where it was, but it was like in this guy's apartment with seven people, and you know. <laughs> A light hanging from the ceiling that was like... Oh, a... you can say. They're proud of that. <laughs> yeah, they, they like that. Manny's, Manny's group in New Orleans. <laughs> it's a New Orleans uh, .NET si- user group doing a New Orleans on, style. They're sitting around on milk crates, you know, with a PowerPoint slide. Project. Well, like, like Bill was saying... Manny, if you're listening to this, we're not. We're just we're laughing with you. <laughs> no, man, I think Manny's pretty proud of that. I think no. it excited a lot of people, too, because one of the things about Ineta is... Um, unlike many other areas in our lives, it's not about size. Size doesn't no, no. matter. Actually, Keith was telling me he thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was cool, and everybody's excited. And Manning's actually going to build a nice big group in uh, New Orleans. And you've heard from Julie, and we've talked about Manning, but you know we do support small groups, but we also support big groups around the world. You know, like Oliver uh, uh, gr- Oliver's group in uh, San Francisco. He runs Bay.net. It's one of the largest user groups in the world. 
um, and they have regular meetings with quite a number of people. I forget what the average attendance is, um, hmm. but it's it's way up there, and uh, they have you know quite a number of volunteers supporting them as well. It brings me to a question: How do you get your money? Money. Well, <laughs> we don't we we we. We don't have any money, which is goodwill from the, the goodwill from the airlines, you know. <laughs> I'll step in here. We're always looking for more money. We We're... depend on sponsorships from major vendors. I wonder who that might be. No, go, let's and... go and mention some. <laughs> well, Microsoft is is our charter sponsor. No, meaning um, that they were our original sponsor and our first okay. sponsor. Okay. So. Um, we also have Brinkster as one of our sponsors. They're our hosting sponsor. And Great. we have actually quite a number of other sponsors. So. You want to give any of them a shout? This would be a good time to do it. Okay, Brian? Um, other sponsors that we have right now is NutIQ. Uh, and we are also just now going out um, and, and looking for new sponsors. So this is a we're, – we're in a great space. We were thinking of trying to find additional sponsors earlier on in our life cycle. However, uh, we had a little bit of a credibility gap because we've only been around since February of last year, of 2002. Right. So at that point, all we had was like vision and plans. We didn't have any results. But now everyone can see the explosive growth that we've shown, and we built a very powerful organization very quickly. Uh, we've helped a lot of people. We've spread the word, and a lot of people have heard about us and seen our name around. So it's true. We are expecting to add a lot of sponsors over the next coming months, starting in the next coming month. And somebody can get in touch with uh, who if they want to talk to you about sponsorship? They could contact me, which and is Loskin at inetta.org. Okay. And if they go to inetta.org, they'll see my name on the management page. Great. Hey, Carl, it, and, it, and it's, if you think about it, I mean, one of, the, one of the main things, we actually do quite a bit more than speakers. We talked about the Speakers Bureau and stuff. But just even the Speakers Bureau... Um, if you think about it, if we're flying a couple hundred people around a year, right, you know, do the math. Yeah, it adds up. Right. So we do need help and sponsorship in doing that aspect uh, of the business. We, Inetta, though, is run completely by, on volunteerism. So uh-huh. Brian, myself, and the board uh, are 60-plus user group leaders that are working on committees and working in Inetta. That's all volunteerism. That's awesome. Yeah. That yeah, I just great. became a volunteer myself. Yeah, it's a user group of user groups, basically. What's know? this, Mark? Mark, you did? Yes, I, I sent, uh, let's see, his last name was Muhammad. I just sent him an email offering to uh, help out in any way I can. You rock. <laughs> well, thank you. Just like .NET, huh? Now, there's something you guys some. are forgetting. You guys are forgetting also about some of the other benefits, like the wonderful swag. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's something that, <laughs> uh, next to the Speakers Bureau, that's probably our next most popular item, is um, that we act as a commu- as a focal point uh, and a conduit between the thriving .NET third party and the user groups. So to give you an example, we did the first one last October, and we called it the winter warm-up. What we did was we contracted with a fulfillment house, and then we contacted a bunch of vendors and said, hey, do you guys want to get some product out to the user groups? Do you want to give them products to use as raffle prizes, just things that they can do to promote their company and also help promote the user group the user group can use to promote membership. So we contacted a whole bunch of companies. We had them drop ship to the fulfillment house, and then we paid, Dinetta paid, to have the shipments broken out into individual shipments and to ship them all across North America. Wow. But the approximately 140 shipments that we sent throughout North America. I believe our resource CD was one of those pieces of swag. And right. uh, also I want to mention that uh, our VP of sales at Franklin's Net and Marketing, uh, Todd Follinsby, is uh, one of the volunteers in your marketing department. Right. That's true. And That's a hell of a dancer, too. Hell of a dancer. Apparently he doesn't ride a rodeo bull very well, though. <laughs> no, we got no. the evidence. Yeah. And you're mentioning, you know, our, our presence at uh, TechEd. That's another thing we do. Um, and uh, we bring a group of user group leaders together. We're trying to do it twice a year, but it's like once every nine months maybe. Um, we bring user group leaders together for a conference, uh, an INETA conference, where we kind of share best practices. Um, we help each other with our groups. We get to know each other. We network like crazy. Uh, we introduced user group leaders to um, 
the, the people they need to know in Microsoft and, you know, in book publishing and magazines. And so they're kind of getting out into the community and spreading their, you know, love and enthusiasm for .NET even further beyond their own user group. So TechEd was very successful for us. We had close to 60 .NET user group leaders at TechEd from around the world. It was amazing. Wow, that's so cool. So let me ask each of you, um, starting with Julie, what is your favorite thing about .NET? I know that you're all technical, and uh, that may not come across because we're all talking about Ineta all the time. But uh, why don't I ask you, as a programmer or as a technician, what you like best about .NET? Julie? Oh, on the spot. I'd, I'd have to say, coming from a VB6 background and heavy um, desktop applications, I love that I can really get my hands onto creating software for all kinds of media now. I can, you know, write applications for Pocket PC. Um, I've really been able to leverage a lot of my skills and move over to doing ASP.NET stuff um, and mobile, everything. And I love being able to have my hands. And I have to say, the I'd say the biggest for me downside is that it's the first time I've ever been exposed to so many C developers who are now C-sharp developers, and I've never taken so much bashing before in my <laughs> life for being a VB developer. I yeah. didn't know. <laughs> I thought it was good. It, it is, is good. good. It is good. Yeah, I knew Carl would back me up Don't there. Let him I'm scare a VB guy too, Julie. This is good. Don't let him <laughs> scare you, Julie. <laughs> yeah, let's turn this into a big VB C-sharp discussion. Oh, that's oh, coming no, up no, on no, another no. show. <laughs> hey, guys, they both suck. J-sharp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just you know this is our our this is what we choose to use. It's what 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 works for me. What I know. I have to tell you, I um I had to write one day. I I uh, have a blog on .NET weblogs, and um, I was at my friend's house, and she's a Java programmer for IBM, and we were sitting next to each other. I had my laptop, and I was in Visual Studio .NET, and she was sitting there working in Web. What's it called? Web Sphere. WebSphere, and we're sitting right next to each other, and I just kept looking over going, oh, that's cool, it looks like what I'm doing. And she looked at mine, she's like, oh, yeah, that's cool, that's like what I do. So huh. it's not just C-sharp and VB, you know, Java Java and uh, Microsoft people can get along well, too. Can't we all just it's get along? It's all about love. Yeah. Oh, no, I've never <laughs> met a Java guy. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Brian, why don't I ask you what you like about .NET? Oh, i got to pick one thing. <laughs> that's tough. Um, if I had to pick one thing, I guess it would be the fact that it's such a unified environment now. Uh, the fact that you can move code so easily between like a web app and a pocket PC app and to a desktop app. Okay, now let me get an original thought. Bring <laughs> original thought. Okay, That's well, what my Julie latest said. cool thing that I, I really like in this space is um, BizTalk, the new BizTalk. Hey, that's good. That they showed off last week at TechEd for the first time publicly. Yeah, I wish I had seen that. That's the new integrated with all the back office stuff, right? It, it is awesome. It's integrated with pretty well everything. Yeah. So it's, it's integrated into Visual Studio. It integrates with InfoPath. It's just very, very cool. Is this BizTalk 2003? No, that's BizTalk 2004. Okay, cool. Wow. Yeah. I'm a big BizTalk fan. Yeah, he's Oh, a... you're going to love this. If, if you like the last one, this one is just a, a quantum leap from where it used to be. So, Brian, let me ask you this. Are web services as big as Microsoft types them to be? Uh, well, it's not just Microsoft typing them. As, as you know, it's pretty well the entire industry is typing them. And in my opinion, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, you were talking earlier about why can't we all just get along. Well, here's a way that we can all get along. There's a, uh, a project that I did earlier this year where we were communicating with the mainframe and we just exposed some web services. And it was great. And then we just kept on going with the project. I used to tell people that the only reason you'd use web services is to integrate with other platforms. And that's not necessarily true anymore. Um, that, I, that I'm not, And I'm not saying that anymore because they're so easy to create. And I've done some performance testing against remoting and things. And while they may be more of a hit the first time you access them, they're pretty damn fast once you get things going if you have, uh, you know, if you have the right stuff. So uh so I I'm telling people that you know if if time to market is critical you know and you need to integrate either or or and uh web services are definitely a good thing and also 
you know, they're evolving. They're going to get faster. They're going to get better. They're going to have more features, et cetera. So yeah. it's a and good if thing. there's any chance that you may ever need to expose that little chunk of software functionality to other applications, right? If you if you do it as web services, then you're good to go. Okay, Jose, you're next. What's your favorite feature? For me, the the, the coolest feature. I'm also a baby guy, and I find web forms to be uh, really exciting. I've been waiting for something like that for a long time, and the reason why I like it so much is because finally we have something that now can enable us to do programming for the third generation of the Internet. We can now do real full-fledged applications as opposed to uh, things on the web that look like applications but are not. Yeah, very true. Here, here. To me, that's very exciting. And then with all this, the other thing that I find very exciting is that .NET now allows everybody to, to work in, the, in a global market. Uh, you know, we nowadays that's what we have to think about. It's a global market, not just a localized market. And with .NET, that becomes more of a reality. That's very true. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better. Okay, Bill. Yes. So my favorite uh, thing in .NET, well, actually, Jose kind of, uh, you know, it's a, it's a cool thing, so there's going to be more than one of us. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say I'm a VB developer also. Yeah. Yay! And, you have to uh, be a VB developer to be an Ineta then, huh? <laughs> um, you do? Well, first of all, uh, ASP. I came from a web background, and uh, ASP.NET really, really is the coolest thing since sliced bread. Uh, what Mr. Guthrie and team have done. Oh, God. Outstanding. You know. Did you see the demo of the next ASP.NET that Scott oh, did? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just so incredible. And, I mean, when back in ASP3 days, you know, ASP3 and PHP were uh, pretty on par with capabilities and such in my mind. But just ASP.NET just blows them both away. It's amazing. And the, yeah. the thing was, I remember I used to do a lot of ASP3 programming, um, and I used to do so much dang uh, form validation. Just drive me, you know, I kept all my scripts. I kept using the same scripts over and over. Um, and had to do all sorts of funky form validation. It's just so easy now, and that's just one little thing, right? So yeah, there's a drop. million things in .NET that just or in ASP.NET that make me excited. So how about the you know there's there was one of those validators a lot of people don't realize is there is the regular expression validator. Oh, I know. Oh yeah. my God. Talk about so saving cool. some code. And then you can go to that uh, regexlib. Yeah, regexlib.net and plug in .net, another right. four hundred uh, regular expressions. Just plug them right in. Right. I do that in class. I say I go actually go to the site, cut and paste, copy it in, boom, five seconds. Right. We're using it. I mean, and it's just getting better. I mean, ASP.NET 2 is going to be just as revolutionary. I mean, it's just getting cooler and cooler and cooler, you know? For those of you who didn't hear, I think it was Jorge's show, wasn't it, Mark, where we talked about this? I believe you're right. Yeah. Um, we saw this, uh, and we're going to have Scott on to talk about this pretty soon. But in ASP 2.0, which I guess is scheduled to be released with the next version of Visual Studio.net, although I, I can't tell you exactly when, but he said it was going to be at least a year or so, um, that you just drag a table onto your web form and you get a grid. And you set a allow sorting property and it sorts. And you set an allow paging property and it pages. Yeah, and then you don't you have set to do like, all that uh, code yeah. behind for it anymore. And then you set like an editing feature and you have editing and updating capabilities into the database. Yeah, the one thing he did say was that uh, the code is, you're going to code, you know, you're going to be using 50 to 75% less code right. than you did in ASP.NET uh, 1.0. As a matter of fact, I, I, heard, I was listening to that interview the other night, and I remember hearing that. But one of the things that I find, you know, there, there, there's, uh, I guess, arguments, whether it's something good or bad at the end of the day, but to me it's something that, now finally allows the developers to concentrate on working on the problem as, instead of uh, concentrating on the actual tool. Yeah, that's very true. And I think there's a whole culture of developers who would be very happy with the most impossible problem that they have to spend the next 50 years trying to solve. You know what I'm saying? They just want to be left alone to tweak and twiddle and code and diddle around. And, you know, that might be fine for fun, but, uh, you know, in the real world you have to produce. Correct. And what 
Jose says about the tool, tools is evidenced pretty well if you look at the ASP.NET forums, the kinds of questions people are asking. All that, a lot of that will go away with ASP.NET too. Hey, is um, Marcy Robillard, the data grid girl, coming to Vermont soon? She is. Are you kidding me? She and her husband, Eli, have just moved to Toronto. And you know she's from out west, so she says, it's only a seven-hour drive right. to, to Vermont. <laughs> That's nothing. So she's scheduled for uh, November. She's a, wow. now talking at Tech Ed Barcelona and another international Tech Ed. I can't remember where. She's Actually, gonna... I don't think it's Barcelona. She's going to be in... Um, Brisbane in Australia and in right. New Zealand. Oh, that's it, Australia, yeah, New not, Zealand. Not Barcelona, though. Talk about yeah, she's she's yeah. flying. Talk she's about a, a marketing whiz. I'm so excited for her. Very much. And smart kid too. Very smart. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. It never hurts to be smart. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Yeah, that reminds me, Julie. Uh, we have uh, some other stuff that you guys are working on about this. Uh, the .NET babes or the women of uh, of .NET. Oh, what is this? Yeah, that? it's 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 kind of a <laughs> it's kind of hush hush right now. I'll tell you a little bit about what we're doing, but first I'll tell you why we're not talking too much about it. Okay. Um, and maybe edit out later. We can edit all of this after I think about it. Um. The reason we're not talking too much about it yet is because we haven't figured out exactly what we're going to do, and we don't want to have a lot of expectations driving, you know, coming out before we even have figured out what we're doing. So, you know, we want to do something pretty strong. Um, but it is, as it gels, um, based on a issue I've been having and a lot of other women developers have been having, is that everywhere you look, you go to a conference, you know, there's 50 speakers. One of them's a woman. Um, you go to, you, you know, it's in in the writing, in the magazines, publishing the books, et cetera, et cetera. You just don't see a lot of a lot of women around. So, um, it, but the, the funny thing is that there are there are a lot of women programming, but I think a lot of them are pretty shy about speaking up and and being visible. So we're talking about trying to create a space where it is more encouraging for people for women to feel comfortable about, um, you know, making themselves heard and, and getting out there and, and speaking and putting themselves out in public. I think that's a great idea. And we've got a lot of interesting people very excited about it, too. So it'll definitely happen. But it's just another one of those side volunteer on my, in my free time pet project. So <laughs> it's not going to happen tomorrow. Well, we'll catch up with you later on that project. Cool. So what does the future look like for iNet? Are you guys planning to grow? Are, are user groups planning? You, you, you foresee a, a big surge in the user group uh, attendance as the economy picks up? Uh, how are you going to handle all this based on volunteer efforts? Or are you? Well, iNeta is growing internationally actually right now quite a bit. Um, in the U.S., we're not seeing so much growth anymore. I mean, we have... And, you know, almost 200 user groups that we're supporting in the United States and Canada. And most of the areas are covered. There are new ones popping up every now and then. But uh, it's now coming down to how do we support, you know, for, when you look at America and Canada only, how do we support them now the best we can? That's more of the focus. Um, internationally, we're, this is kind of our first year for international. So um, we're looking at, you know, what we did in the U.S. and Canada a year ago and took the lessons learned, basically, and applying a lot of things we learned to these international regions. And we're growing like crazy internationally. So um, that's where our biggest focus is. Are you taking the uh, speakers that are on the current bureau and sending them to uh, international engagement? Well, no, that's not the goal, really. Um, the goal is for us to create regional uh, speakers bureaus. So like Jose has a LATAM Speakers Bureau. Um, but there are occasions where we will send um, a person who's helped us out quite a bit on our own Speakers Bureau, and we'll send them to somewhere else um, to create a lot of excitement in that region. An example of that would be Jeff Procise. He's been an outstanding volunteer for the community and for INETA, and so he's going down for us um, uh, to Australia to do a six-city user group tour for us. I also heard a rumor that Don Box was doing a tour. Is he doing a tour? Uh, Don Box uh, is a Microsoft employee, so he doesn't do anything through Ineta. Um, we are 
all of our if you'll look at our speakers reel, you'll notice they're all non Microsoft employees. Okay. In fact, we kind of joke around that we're the uh, recruiters for Microsoft because a lot of our speakers bureau of members have been getting uh, hired by Microsoft as of late. <laughs> so, like Don Box, we lost Don Box. He was on our speakers bureau. We lost Osley. Chris. Yeah, Osley. Uh, we lost Chris Sells. We lost Yasser. You know, so we're they're dropping like flies. Yeah, we're dropping. <laughs> we're we're not a recruitment center for Microsoft, though. Let me you know dispel that rumor right away. <laughs> now we do sometimes do special events where we kind of bend the rules a little bit and do things a little bit differently, like a, an event that we did in the Bay Area in conjunction with uh, the Bay.net user group, where we did facilitate a meeting with Don Box as a speaker. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's All not right. our normal program, though. But he's not on the bureau, and of course, there you go. Well, it's very cool. So I'm going to let open up the microphones uh, before we take off because it's getting close to the end of the hour here um, to let you guys give shout-outs to any user group presidents or members that uh, that are out there listening that you wanted to uh, mention. Shout-out? You want me to yell? Shout. <laughs> Top of your lungs. <laughs> what, do we, what do you want us to do, say hi to them or yeah. what? I don't get it. Huh? Just so their names on the radio. Yeah, exactly. Give them a little thrill. Okay. Well, yeah, we can. You know, some of our our top uh, volunteers, the Nineta top user group leaders, or speakers. Um, I'll just name a few, and then we can kind of go around. Uh, Chris Goldfarb, who's from the uh, Portland.NET user group, and um, we got Rob Foster from the Nashville.NET user group, and also working on our academic committee. Um, we've got Jason Brez uh, from the Miami group. Who's and, also on the Speaker Bureau. Right, and he's a new member on the Speakers Bureau. So, And he's, he's a big volunteer for us. Um, and actually, uh, I'm trying to think of a different region. Oliver from the Bay.net group, he's been working with us. Um, and he's uh, um, passing along a lot of what he learns from Bay.net to other user groups. So, What about Devin? Yep. Devin Rader. You go ahead. Devin Rader, for, um, who co-leads the group with uh, with Bill in St. Louis. Right. Yeah, Devin, I'm going to have to give up being the Ionetta poster child, I think, to Devin pretty soon. Yeah, Devin is one of our top volunteers. He just does a tremendous amount of work for us. Wow. Dave Totsky, outside of Toronto. Yeah, we call him Swagman. Swagman. <laughs> Swagman. <laughs> because he goes out and just, uh, you know, talks to uh, third-party vendors and uh, works on getting them to support user groups with cool swag, basically. You know, because it is cool when you go to user groups meetings. One of the main things user groups do is at the end of the meeting, you know, they give out swag to their attendees in a drawing or something of that sort. Pens well, that you know, light programmers up. Programmers are pretty cheap. They like free stuff. They yeah, like pens that light up. Stuff at user groups. <laughs> you know? Okay, who especially, else? Especially when you combine programmer and Vermonter. I mean, Vermonter. Uh, I think are, it's a worldwide they don't thing. They say cheap. I think they say, I can't think of the word. They so say, hey, I want that. cheddar cheese on this pizza. Hey, we got the best cheddar cheese in the world, and you can tell that to Brian Tinkler. Hey, from you know, we don't, have pizza at, we don't have pizza at our St. Louis user group meetings. We have toasted ravioli. So. Ah. <laughs> and beer. Yeah, you know, so right I, have a, here, so. I have a tip for you. If Dino Esposito comes to speak at any of these, uh, uh -huh. serve ribs, because he loves barbecue. No Italian food, huh? He loves barbecue. He yeah. loves southern barbecue. Oh yeah. God! Would he be fun? To have Have you ever seen anybody ever seen him speak? Oh yeah, yeah, he's. Oh great. my God, he is so entertaining. Yeah, he's great. I just sit there and giggle through the whole thing, but at the same time, I learn so much. Yeah. The, the clarity is amazing when all this other stuff is going. He's probably on. going. Why are they laughing at me? Oh, I never. No, I mean, no, no. We're not laughing at Dino. Somebody who's passionate about programming. And and he's we bring the Italian passion. Oh yeah. my God! Yep. It's like sexy <laughs> programming, yeah. sexy or code. Yep. <laughs> okay, Julie said that. <laughs> it was <know>. Julie. <laughs> Julie's probably going to request that that be edited out later on. Oh no! Denied. I would never say something. Denied. Something that I wouldn't want repeated. <laughs> like Michelle. <laughs> right. Well, she's a no legend now. Jokes here. That's right. So you who have a, a dirty joke for us, Julie, huh? <laughs> oh, no, not me. I'm a good girl. I live in Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got a joke for you. Sure. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Finland, okay? And this is a joke I heard there, because they have this thing against the Swedes for some reason. I don't know how I've heard that. Swedes, but, you know. So why do all the trees in Finland point towards Sweden? 
because Sweden sucks. Oh, that is bad. <laughs> that's not even funny. I mean, oh, that's God, just bad. That's <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, I thought it was pretty funny. Maybe it just doesn't translate well. Because <laughs> <laughs> the trees break wind in Sweden. <laughs> That might be a little closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what other user group leaders should we say their names? Well, we should mention um, my co-chair on the user group relations committee, Ruth Walther. Dave, Dave Noterer, who has been the chair and is also a board member, is now just a board member. So we're, it takes two of us to, to do his job as the chair of the committee. To be bored. Andrew Filiff in, uh, in St. Petersburg, St. Russia. St. Petersburg. Mm -hmm. Oh, what a cool guy he is. It right. was fun to see all these people from all over the world when we had our meeting at TechEd. Yeah. Christian That's Nagel great. heads a lot of the Austrian groups. Okay. And we also had some non-user group leaders, um, for instance, Todd, and also Sarah Fox, who is now the new chair of the marketing committee and is with Brinkster and who has given us tremendous support. And you know, Keith, please. Right, and Keith, is, is he the head of the Speakers Bureau, or does he pick the speakers, or what is... No, actually, the speakers are chosen on a committee, uh, by a committee of people. Okay. And they actually go through a lot of different criteria to kind of narrow the list down. It's, does he uh, do nominating or something? Cause... Yeah, there's, not, there's nominating, um, or people who've just actually asked, we kind of put them on the list. Um, and then we narrow it down based on a number of people who choose in a committee um, to pick the best, best .NET presenters. I mean... The whole goal is, you know, like I said, to get, get user groups excited about who's coming to visit them. So you've got to be real careful about who you choose. Now, to tell you the truth, you know, Todd has his own office, and he conducts his business with Inetta in there. I don't really know what he does for you. So what, what has Todd uh, been doing for Inetta in terms of marketing? Todd Follinsby, that is. Todd's on the marketing committee. And as such, I mean, the marketing committee meets regularly. We meet every week uh, and basically talk about a whole bunch of different programs that we're doing, currently doing, and things that are planned for the future to just kind of keep up the momentum, get the INETA name out there, and to keep providing real value, real services to the user group. That's great. Good. I think we should also, also not forget um, our friends at Microsoft who have been so supportive of Inetta, Eric Ewing, and Kevin Briotti, especially. Right. Unbelievable. Yeah, they've been with us since the very beginning. So they've been with us all the way since the very beginning and were the main supporters from Microsoft of Inetta and actually made Inetta happen because they have their own you know, evangelism they need to do for Inetta inside Microsoft, and it's a huge company. So they go around getting us support um, and getting people to listen to what we're about inside. And so we've gotten quite a bit of support from from Eric and uh, Kevin on this. Wow, that's and without great. Eric and Kevin, there would be no INETA. That's for dang sure. That's true. Now, for Latin America, I would like to, to you know, Eric is a big influence. I also have uh, Federico Raghi uh, with Microsoft Latin America. He's a big-time supporter of us down there. And uh, I know this is an international show, so I just wanted to remind the listeners uh those that haven't heard of it yet, who are looking in the individual countries, but uh, look for the five-star developer program and Panorama Box, uh, two very exciting programs in Latin America. Okay, great. Hey, and for your listeners, you know how they find a user group near them? They go to ineta.org, and we have a whole catalog of searchable user groups, and they can find the one next to them and go and attend and have fun, eat pizza, talk technology, and have a good time. The uh, list of member member groups on the United website is also a great place for people who um, would like to speak at user groups but maybe aren't on the Speakers Bureau Committee to go and see what user groups are nearby or if they're traveling. Go, you know, take a look and see if there's a user group in the place you're going to if you're not on, you know, vacation and uh, okay. you want to go talk. You yeah. don't have to be a member of the Speakers Bureau to speak at a user group. What if somebody goes to the website and they don't see a user group in their area and they think, you know what, I got some free time, I'm out of a job, I'd like to be the president of a local user group, how can I get one going? We can definitely help them. Um, they can contact the user group relations committee and there's email address right on the website to get in touch with us and we can give all kinds of ideas um, and, you know, most of the people who are in INETA are user group leaders and are really excited about leading user groups and love to find other people who have that excitement. So we are so happy to encourage them. 
Um, there's a CD full of all kinds of information on starting up a user group. And we also have forums on the INETA website. Um, and anybody can join the forums and ask questions and read different things that people have said. And believe me, if you're really interested in doing it, you'll, you can find a lot of encouragement inside of INETA to help you along the way. Okay. Well, uh, just a couple final shouts from me. One is to uh, my buddy Chris Pels up there at the uh, .NET user group of yeah, Greater Chris. Boston. he's my bud too. Yep, great guy and uh, a superior XML igist, and uh, if that's a word. And Scott Locke and Brian Noyes down in the DC user group, the Capital Area user group. And uh, let's see, who, who else do I know? Of course, uh, Mike Smulka in the Connecticut Microsoft uh, office there, who has a user group in Connecticut in the Hartford area. And Alan Cutting in the Rhode Island user, uh, Rhode Island.net user group. Uh, just a shout out for those guys. They're my local buds and uh, want to mention their names. Well, if that's all we got, that's all we got. Looks like we're out of time. So, uh, final thoughts, anybody, before we shut down? Go to a user group meeting and have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Eat pizza. Eat I gotta pizza. say, I'm just glad you guys are doing this. I mean, this is a brilliant idea. It speaks well that you're willing to volunteer your time and you're get here. something like this going. Yeah, thank you. Hey, thanks for having us on the show. This is great. Well, uh, hopefully more people will come out to the groups, and uh, thanks to you guys. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks we'll see you later. Guys. Good night now. Time for-